There's a parable in Luke of five, chapter 5, verse uh, 1 to 10. It talks about Jesus approaching a couple of boats. One boat was owned by Peter. And uh, Peter said, no, I've, been, I've fished out, man. I've been out there and there's nothing out there. Jesus said, let's go out again. The boats go out and they catch so much fish. The nets are breaking. Oh, it's going to go up there. Okay, look, I've got to paraphrase. But they go out there and the, the fish are so many the nets are break. That nets are actually breaking. They have to invite more of the the, the others, the, the partners in this business, uh, to come and help with the load. And this is a, a parable of going out into the deep and, and catching, you know, and, and really taking on this blessing that cannot be contained. And in this parable, I, I just want to say this: that this is talking about, I guess, the church also. And we have this notion, or we have this um, idea of the of the word net and what that means in terms of the church. So in that parable, again, we have the launching into the deep, let down your nets, catching a great number of fish, the partners, the nets were breaking. So I, I want to talk about the net of the church and how it, I guess embraces people. Samara, that was brilliant. You came into the life of the church. The net of the church, like the net in fishing terms, caught you, but the net is actually fabricated like this. The word net means a fabric made by interlocking threads, by twisting them to the points where they cross each other. The strength of the net depends on the number of twists and knots made in it. The net must be pulled and stretched, pulled and stretched into a place of strength. Next point. It is a representative of how we build a relational aspect of our church. Do you know what I'm saying? So the net embraces people by the sheer fact of its relational value as a net, and the nets are intertwined by the greediness of the knots in the net. Luke, stand up, good buddy. Hold my hand. And, and we're just going to, how can we do this, man? We're just going to, yeah, yeah, yeah. We can go like that because that's a net, right? That's a knot right there in the net. That's a knot. And if you'd pull, buddy, and I'll pull. And if we strengthen, and this is like a, a relationship that's developed. Actually, Luke and I, <laughs> we've known each other, what, 14 years, 14 years. We've, we've, we've gone through some times. We've gone through some disagreements. We've gone through some uh, real strong mentoring, the discipleship. He's one of my key leaders, one of my key men. So I've had to speak to him strongly. And we've had to, and he's come at me strongly. And we've had some contention. We've had some disagreements. But what that's done, now you pull, buddy. What that's done, it's pulled this 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 uh, knot tight. We're tight, men now. We're tight. So if, when people come to us, if someone was to come to us and hit us at that point, it would be pretty tough to get through us. But if we were, you know, what's that thing they used to do in school? Patty cake, patty cake, <laughs> bake me a cake. And then say, Garth, is a, Garth, come on through, buddy. You're a new person. Patty cake, patty. And we're just very superficial in our relationship, very superficial. 
God's coming in. He's looking at God, but He's looking at the church. He's looking at people. And He's just going to, you just go through, mate. You just, can you get through that sort of deal? Yes, you can. But now, yeah, it's just mamby-pamby stuff. But if we go like this, Garth, how you doing, buddy? How you doing, friend? And, oh, how you doing, mate? Yeah, you doing all right? Yeah, so it's a bit like that. Yeah. So uh, Jesus is trying to tell us there something about that, and especially in these days where we're going into this prophetic time zone of an influx of souls into the church, still I believe they're not going to come. The people of God in this last great day's harvest I'm talking about, who believes in that? Last great day's harvest when Aussies and people en masse are going to become to are going to come into the house and the house of the Lord. The Bible says in Isaiah, the house of the Lord will be the chief mountain of all the planet. It'll be above Hollywood. It'll be above all the things. It'll be above every idol, every stronghold, every house, everything, every other house. I'm talking about. It, it will be the chief house, and people are going to flock to it. But that house will be a house of relational value, which is quite amazing. And I want to take us through some of that. Uh, I at least want to get to a a couple of uh, points in that. Ephesians 4.16, thanks guys, just keep up with me now. Scripture encourages a net mentality, and you can see this in some of the scriptures, Ephesians 4.16. So what are we calling this, um, this month? It's Connect Month. It's, it's a, and, and in that, we're talking about community, getting to know each other. I mean, instead of fair-weather friends, we're talking about really locking together, trusting each other, loving each other, encouraging each other. No matter if you've got a bad hair day, we're going to still love you. No matter if you disagree with a point or, or, or something... We're going to still love each other. It's that grittiness of relationship that we're trying to exemplify in this, in this month to try and bring people to this place of connection. From him, the whole... Oh, is that the right one? From him, the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament. Wasn't it the one you quoted, Andrew? Grows and builds... Say builds itself up in love let's go back from him the whole body joined join god wants us to join with each other join with each other he just doesn't want patsy bake me a cake you know every sunday you know he wants you to really join with each other look each other in the eye and and, and, you know really begin to try and understand each other help each other, encourage each other. Do you know what I mean? And then it goes and it makes the same point again. Grows and builds itself. The church needs to build itself up in love as each part does its work. What a great day yesterday. Each part does its work. That was phenomenal. Awesome. Fantastic. As each part does its work. Ephesians 2.21 In Him, the whole building, that's the church, is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. In Him, you two are being built together. God wants to build us together. There's no other way out of this. This is a relational... Christianity is a total relational deal. It's totally about relationship with God and with each other 
and with the people outside there. It's all about relationship. That's what blew the people out yesterday, Jules. The, the, all the visitors we had here, up to 80 people, you know, a lot of them unchurched, and they went, wow, it was just such a beautiful, simple wedding. Uh, it, it was genuine, and I could hear the word authentic in it. It was authentic. Is that one of our key... Is that one of our key... Yes, it is, down the bottom, authentic. That's one of our values, our culture values. So we have a culture depicted by each name up there, by each word, and authentic is definitely... And you could hear, and I got the reports from certain people, unsaved people, saying, really love your style, love the, love the, uh, the community. You know, no wonder P- Peter comes to church. He's only been saved eight months. No wonder Peter came to church. No wonder... Um, you know, he, he, he likes coming here. I said, well, we try and keep it real. And that was fantastic. Ephesians 2.21, in him the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And he, in him, you too, in Jesus, you are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. Right now, God by his spirit's in here. As we get real with each other, the more we can get real and united in love, united in heart and spirit, the more we can do that, the more God hangs out in that. You get division and separation and individualism. I'm not mixing it up. I'm not talking to them. No, I don't talk to those sort of people. You know, and the more we do that, we don't get the, uh, the Psalm 133 where there's unity. God commands a blessing. You watch when the house is fractionalized, when it's divided and there's contention, division, and all that sort of nonsense, which we haven't got, praise God. You watch what happens. Your anointing goes and and the worship goes and the praise falls over and, and, and the preacher's having a hard time and the people are coming, but they're not getting blessed. But when there's unity, when people are hanging out in harmony in God and with each other, you watch the atmosphere gets, it's just awesomely blessed by God because God loves unity. Isn't that right? When the church aspires to strong relationships in love to God, to each other, look out. And I believe that's what we've got in this place. Ecclesiastes 4, nine says, two are better than one because they have a good return for their work. If one falls down, his friend can help him up. But pity the man who falls and has no one to help him. Also, if two lay down together, they will keep warm. Isn't Peter blessed today to be able to? I was just saying, when I jumped into bed with Julie last night, I say, like, oh, I'm really blessed for my brother. He's actually cuddling up to Louise tonight. Isn't that great? 15 years without cuddling up to anyone. And then tonight, oh, I just could, I'm just, just so blessed for him, you know. Just so blessed for him. It must be, oh. Anyway, I don't want to stir anything up in the, in the lonely ones, but it is a nice thing to cuddle up and, 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 and spoon. If one falls down, his friend can help him up. But pity the man who falls. He'd fallen. My brother had fallen down. Fifteen years ago, he had fallen down out of his marriage. He'd fallen down uh, and he was downhearted. He was, you know, he, he, he was lonely. And, and so wasn't it a great thing when he came into the church and the net and the love of the church embraced him? That he didn't, he didn't, like a fish sometimes, if it's a broken net, it can get through and out the back door. But he was embraced. He was embraced by the love of the church. And that was amazing, Gail. And Gail, who, with her bit of social engineering skills, uh, uh, teed up uh, Peter and Louise 
And uh, it was her grittiness. It was her grittiness with her other friends, who I won't mention, that were also part of the, the net that caught Peter and Louise and then just, you just pushed them together a little bit. Yeah, it was all good. It was all good. It was so great. It was New Year's Eve. It all began New Year's Eve. But pity the man who falls down and has no one to help him up. Verse 11, also if two lay down together, they will keep warm. And, and, uh, but how can one keep warm alone? Though one may be overpowered. This is another great thing about church. You know, you can be overpowered being out there by yourself like a sheep out on the back paddocks, rather under the shepherd in the pasture in the church. I, for, I for one, really believe in the powerful uh, reality that in the context of church, when we come under the mandate of the house and the covering of the church, that we are protected. Before the devil can visit you, he's got to visit the covering and the covenant and the blood covenant over this church. He's got to get through that to get through you because it's, he, the enemy picks off the, the wanderers and he picks off the people that are strung out, uh, you know, out there in between churches even. You've got to be careful. Even if you're in between churches, find a covering while you find a church. Amen? Because the enemy can pick you off like that. Colossians 2.2 says, My purpose is that that may be encouraged in heart and united in love. United in love, there it is. So that they may have the full riches of complete understanding in order that they may know the mystery of God, namely Christ. My brother is just getting blown out by this whole deal about God. I was with my brother and my other unsaved brother in the back room here before we came out for the ceremony. And I started to pray, you know, you just do that sometimes. And my other brother's unsaved, but, you know, you know, I just started to pray. Then my other brother started to pray. I went, oh, this is, this is Peter started to pray. And then my other brother's going, oh, gee, what am, what am I supposed to do? <laughs> you know, he, he, what am I supposed to do? I said, oh, get with the program, brother, pray. <laughs> Uh, Galatians 6.2 Carry each other's burdens and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. Isn't that great when the church can kick in and uh, I see so many people being helped uh, through the value of that net and of that church and, and their burdens and, and their needs and, and stuff. You, you know, We've got to be as real as that. We've got to help people where they're at, praying for them. Uh, you know, being mindful of their situation, accommodation, finances, you know, it's all these struggles, their kids out of sorts, whatever it is, we've got to be so mindful uh, to make it real. That's real relationship. That's real nitty-gritty stuff. Carry each other's burdens. Uh, 1 John 4, 7 says, Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone know God in this house? Amen. This is what I want to take you through, uh, and that might be able, that might do us because we're we're just about done. I want to want to want to say this. Unfortunately, we are indoctrinated in a secular society, in a selfish society of unhealthy individualism. As much as we want community, we suck back into our selfishness and say, "I can't trust you. You will let me down. You will demand from me. You have good times." But you have bad times too. I cannot engage you on this level. And what level would that be? That would be the level of agape love. The agape love is unconditional love. <laughs> That's a blowout for people who don't understand God or church or the community called church. 
Because agape love is unconditional. It's saying, hey, you know, whatever. I'm going to still love you. You know, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You know, it doesn't matter about the disagreement. It doesn't matter about your hairdo. It doesn't matter about if you like Souths or... It doesn't matter. You know, I mean, it doesn't matter if you like Queensland. Uh, you know, it, it doesn't matter. It, it doesn't matter. Yeah, it, it doesn't matter. You know, what, whatever. I mean, it, it's an agape love that's unconditional. And it's an amazing thing. And it's real. And it can be real. And it can be done in the Holy Spirit, in the power of God. It can be done. If you get carnal and live unconnected from God and people, you will come under the spirit of an individual, uh, an individualism. Uh, you will come under a selfish spirit, meaning that you will find it hard to. But if you say, God, help me. I, I want to I connect with these strange people called C3 Tugger. And uh, I want to connect with you, but I can do that. Yeah, but still... Help me connect with your people, the people that you put into my life. Help me do that. And I think if you're genuine about that and pray for that, and, 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 and then you'll start to break some of those barriers down day by day, week by week. Now, that's not my personality. I'm, I'm a loner. And, yeah, but that's cool too. But still, you can try, man. I'm, I was the worst, most shy person and, and loved being by myself. But God got me. He says, no, but I want you to be someone else for me. Are you willing Are you willing to go public for me? Are you willing to come outside your own personality? Are you willing to, to, to project for me, to put a countenance on, to shine for me, to be friendly for me? Are you willing to do that? God, all right, if that's what you want me to do. He says, yes, because that's what you have to do. If you have to be a minister of my gospel, you have to... You have to be gregarious. You have to be reckless with your love. You have to love everything that moves. Can you do that? Will you do that? Oh, I don't know if I can. I, I like just to have brand B people as my friends. I don't like brand C. It's like when you, you know, go to the shops and you, they barcode. Yeah, no, not that person. Yeah, that person. Yeah, I know that person. It's like everyone's got a barcode and some barcodes, some people we don't like. But when you're a minister of the gospel and when you're a born-again believer, you've got to get more open with your love. You've got to get more reckless with your love, more generous with your love. Isn't that right? And these are three points that talk about this extraordinary depth of relationship that can happen in the life of the church but in the life of the kingdom. The first one is fellowship. The first one is fellowship. You see these three aspects of biblical relationships all throughout the Bible and the first one is basic fellowship church builds upon these three aspects of biblical relationships fellowship is the first one number one fellowship thanks guys koinonia who's heard of the word koinonia meaning this great word write it down k-o-i-n-o-n-i-a meaning sharing this is the basic, this is basic 101. This is basic 101, um, I guess, friendship in the church and fellowship. Just basic, healthy. If you got to this place, we, we would be actually doing real well. 
If we could get everyone to this place that I'm mentioning, which is the word fellowship in the Bible, which is the early church. Who, who did I hear say that? The early church. Samara said it. The early church. The early church. C3 Tugra is wanting to be like the early church, which is a church of love. Fellowship, koinonia, meaning sharing, partnership, contribution. That's why we give to the church and to the vision of the church. We're partnering like the fishermen. They partnered with each other. When the nets were breaking, when the nets were breaking, he called in his other boat friends. He called in the other, help me, partner with me. Sharing, partnership, contribution, association, meaning that you don't mind being associated with people called C3 Tugra. Association, do you see that? Participation. People are participating. You find your groove. You outwork that in the life of the church. Yesterday was a prime example. Everyone pulling together. The music team, White Velvet, weren't they fantastic? They're available, by the way, for funerals and weddings. For funerals and weddings. Because I believe funerals, can you can have a good time at a funeral. I'm going to break that notion that funerals are sad. They are sad, but you can celebrate. So I'm going to declare it today that white velvet are available for funerals and weddings. And if you want them to play at your funeral, book them now because they're being booked out every day this year. It speaks of harmony. Fellowship speaks of harmony in the connect groups. There should be harmony. Harmony. We love God. We're getting to know each other and love each other. We're in the Spirit, the one Spirit. We're baptized in one Spirit, one faith, and we're just there hanging out. And I believe this, Garth. When the connect groups come together, it's the same deal as church. When church comes together, there's a there's an upgrading of the presence of God and the anointing falls on that group and the grace of God surrounds that group and now that group becomes so volatile in God for people to be blessed people's hearts become open and people's hearts receive the word of God the encouragement the fellowship the Holy Spirit that all helps see people go Go to a group, sit there, read a Bible, you know, no, you're in the presence. When you go into that place, that's why you start the group off in prayer. Thank you, Father. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for my friends. Thank you for our church. Thank you for our pastors. Thank you, God. You established all that around through that group. And then watch what happens. The presence of God comes in like a mist into that place. Does it happen like that, Luke, in your house? And even, even the stragglers, even the ones that are you know, out there that don't know God, they'll come into that place and they'll go, wow, what's that? Is that your God you're talking about? Is that, is that what I can feel? Is that the presence I can feel, Luke? So we're not talking about religion. We're talking about this God whose presence hangs around you like this. Do you mean that happens at church too? Oh, yeah. You come to church tenfold bigger than that. So, so you know what I'm saying? And in that place, God's healing you. God's blessing you. 
God's recovering you. God's encouraging you all in the presence of that connect group. Just like right now, he's blessing you right now supernaturally. Do you know what I'm saying? It's a powerful thing when we get two or three, when two or three come together, there he is. Fellowship. I'm still on that. Um, Is it Acts 2.42? Thanks, guys. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship. Say fellowship to the breaking of bread and to prayer. It's a powerful thing. You get to that place, wow, you're doing well. If you want, if you <laughs> if you can do it by grace again and by the anointing, and I believe by a little bit of grit and assertiveness, some people do it easier than others, but if you, if you can get to this next base, this is powerful, and the next base is kingdom partnership. It's where we build on the fellowship. Koinonia spirit again. Kingdom partnership happens when the Holy Spirit draws teams of people together to accomplish kingdom purposes. These people are sitting in the church right now. They're actually people God's numbered, even brought from afar, and brought them by the Holy Spirit they're not drawn here by a, by a personality, but they're drawn here by a vision and by a purpose in God. And these people, because of their, their love for God, because of their, their availability in God, they come into the life of the church and they outwork They outwork their commitment. They outwork their membership to that church like this. Kingdom partnership. It's built on the fellowship of the koinonia spirit. Kingdom partnership happens when the Holy Spirit draws teams of people together to accomplish kingdom purposes. Can I just see a raise of hands if you felt like that? Romans 16 verse 3. It says it like this. uh, Greet Priscilla and Aquila, my fellow workers in Christ. Who's a fellow worker of Julie and Phil in the house? Who's a fellow worker? They risk their lives for me. Who's risking their lives for, 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 for the church? They risk their lives for me. Kingdom partners are not drawn by personalities or some idle notion, but around the purpose and the vision. Listen to me, visitors, everyone. One of the key things that we're aspiring you to is Jesus. But the next key thing we're aspiring you to is the vision. And that's the workload. That's the outreach of the church. We're actually beckoning you to, beckoning you to a place of commitment where you then feel in your heart of hearts, this is where I belong. This is where I can outwork my ministry. This is where I can outwork my resource of who I am, what I have, my prayers and everything that I have for God. I can outwork that in this place called C3 Tugra. Because church at the end of the day becomes an expression, an outreach to the peoples all around us and beyond. Is that cool? Like the net, they weave into a tighter bond. So these people that understand this stuff, I'll have the musician right now. Thank you. I'll have to do a part two on this. Pardon? Yeah, I'll have the whole shebang. White velvet too, I'll have them too. 
Like the net, they weave into a higher bond as they partner to accomplish the same thing. A mutual blessing arrangement. Partner is the key word. And we have some great descriptions here in the Bible that talk about this fellow worker, laborer, kinsman, workers, companion, helper, beloved, servant, fellow worker in Christ. The third one, the third one is the last one. This is the most extraordinary one. And this is the one that my brother entered into yesterday with Louise in partnership with his uh, beautiful bride. And it's called this covenant relationship. It's the third aspect of the depth of relationship you can have in the kingdom, in the life of the church. It's the most powerful one. And we certainly have those sort of people in the house. Covenant relationship, the third aspect of networking, the people of God is through deep, authentic, meaningful, deep, godly, intimate friendship that usually lasts a lifetime, in fact, usually lasts a lifetime despite relational trials, hurts, misunderstandings, or geographical distances. Jesus describes this kind of relationship like this. John 15, verse 12. My command is this. Love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything that I've learned from my Father, I have made known to you. God bless you. Let's just stand up for a moment. That's the sort of levels of relationship you can have in the church. Quite profound. Quite profound. So this is what I want to say. Good, healthy church usually has the first two aspects and biblical relationship, fellowship and kingdom partnership. But the third is a rare gift. It's a rare gift. It's one like through marriage or extraordinary friendship like David and Jonathan. It's awesome. It's powerful. I just want to pray. Father, you're teaching us, you're showing us in this month that shallow fellowship that shallow relationships will not. It won't work, Lord. It won't allow us to grow personally. It won't allow us to, to harness the harvest. It won't allow us to help each other, bless each other. Lord, you are wanting us to be intentional. You are wanting us to be far deeper in our love towards each other. So Father, I'm praying right now, as you've said in your word, a new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Thank you, God. Lord, let us have a let us have this as our goal as C3 Tugra to love each other love you love each other love the world through genuine authentic relationship and the saints say and the saints say yeah let's worship you right there